Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times in London. I'm Katie Martin. Britain's top accounting firms revealed this week that dozens of partners have been let go following inappropriate behaviour, including bullying and sexual harassment. Madison Marriage talks to Tom Braithwaite about how the story developed and what the revelations tell us about sexual harassment policies at the Big Four in the Me Too era. Madison, you've run a great series of pieces this week on the big four and the fact that they have all got rid of partners in the UK for various misconduct, including sexual harassment. How did you get started down this track? I didn't deliberately set out to find this number, but I had a big interview with the CEO of Deloitte in the UK, David Sproul, two or three weeks ago. And the aim of that interview was to write a profile of him and a leadership challenge he had faced. I did the profile, it was mainly focused on other things. But as part of that conversation, I asked him whether we could see the first female CEO of a big four accounting firm in the UK, because he's about to step down in six months time. So could you be replaced by a woman? Will we ever see a woman at the top of a big four accounting firm? And in the course of that discussion, we started talking about the Me Too movement and how Deloitte has responded to it. And he said, oh, we take a very tough stance on any kind of misconduct. And if people behave inappropriately, you know, we'll take we will take action and we will fire them. So I said, well, how many people have you fired? And that's where um, the first disclosure came from. So I think it's absolutely brilliant that he was transparent about it in the interview. He didn't need to be. So um, that was helpful. And what was the number that he gave you? Uh, 20 partners over four years have been fired for inappropriate behaviour, including sexual harassment and bullying. Okay. And then you started to ask the rest of the big four, and were they just as forthcoming? No. (laughs) Actually, I asked the rest of the big four and number five and number six uh, in the rankings, BDO and Grant Thornton, and none of them wanted to share the data with me last week. I didn't say to them, I've got the figure from one of the firms, but I did say I'm doing a piece on how the accounting profession is dealing with the Me Too movement and what action has been taken against people who have not behaved appropriately. And a few of them gave me quite boring statements on what their existing policies are, but none of them were willing to share the data. So I wrote the piece and I spoke to an academic, Laura Empson at City University, and she she basically said it was absolutely terrific that Deloitte were being this transparent. So that's how that piece was written. And I mentioned the firms that didn't disclose the data. And in the wake of that piece, the rest of them have come forward. With similar statistics? and This is the tricky area. I've questioned whether the reluctance to share the data from the other firms was because it was the kind of first mover thing. None of them wanted to be the first in case their own number was so out of sync with everyone else's. And Deloitte said 20 people over four years. Um, Everyone else has been much lower. So it's more like seven or five partners that the rest of the big four have left over similar time periods. Grant Thornton, none. uh, BDO, one. So all these stories have been fantastically well read. Has there been any other response from readers or from other people getting in touch? Yes, and there was a small amount of criticism as well from some people who said, you know, these kind of mea culpas are completely inadequate and you're just selling their corporate PR message and it's not getting beneath the surface of what actually goes on at these firms. So I have had a few people get in touch with their stories this week, which, if I'm being quite honest, has been quite upsetting, some of the things I've been told. Is there anything... Given your experience of reporting on these institutions that makes you think they are set up in a way that makes them worse or better than the average company? I think the nature of what the firms do 
I think can create an environment where people are more likely to be taken advantage of. So there's a lot of, you know, in the consulting divisions of these firms, there's a lot of work off-site, visiting clients, away from head office, a lot of travelling. And then within that, there's a very hierarchical structure where you have, you know, partners and directors and associates. And at the top of these firms, they are very male-dominated. So all of those things, I think, could contribute to an environment where abuse of power and inappropriate behaviour, which frankly is a relatively anodyne description of sexual harassment, (laughs) all of that can take place. So yeah, I think there are structural reasons why this stuff might be happening at these firms. They all say that they are trying to deal with it. And I suspect this happens at at most major corporates. You will always have bad apples. The question is how consistently you try to deal with that problem. And some of the feedback I've had suggests that at some of these firms, uh, the kind of corporate response to victims when they come forward has been far from ideal. And to what extent has this become a regulatory issue and how interested is the Financial Reporting Council in these issues? From what I can tell, not entirely interested. So uh, I've been speaking to lots of different regulators over the past couple of months about their efforts to tackle these problems. That's partly because the Parliament's Women and Equalities Committee put out a really good report in the summer looking at exactly this issue. So what are regulators doing to stop sexual harassment in the workplace? Um, The sense I got from their report was that they were really unimpressed by what regulators have been doing to date. But um, quite a few of them said, look, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. This is something we care about and we'll try to change. The FRC doesn't monitor it, doesn't track it. There's no obligation on the firms to report internal investigations into sexual misconduct. I did ask them whether this is something they plan to pay more attention to and their response was essentially maybe. But as people who've been tracking the accounting market know, the regulator's own kind of future is in doubt at the moment. So I suppose they could argue they've got a lot on their plates, but I think this should be quite high up their agenda. So there's nothing to stop. I only learned this phrase yesterday, the rolling bad apple, someone who is fired from one place going straight to a similar job at another firm. So the FRC have said they expect firms to do kind of appropriate or sufficient due diligence when they hire senior people into important roles. I'm not sure how any amount of due diligence would necessarily throw up evidence of an internal investigation at a prior employer. I don't think that's really good enough from the FRC. I do think they ought to be taking a much more proactive um, approach. That was our accounting and tax correspondent, Madison Marriage, talking to our company's editor, Tom Braithwaite. We'll be back with another news feature tomorrow. In the meantime, if you're not already a subscriber and would like to discover more FT content, do take a look at our latest subscription offer at ft.com offer. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium.